Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. How's everybody doing? Man, uh, it's a beautiful Friday morning. Uh, actually, early afternoon. Uh, I've been very busy, man. A lot of running around, but uh, I'll get into it all. So, as usual, off the top, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, downloading, streaming. However you listen, I appreciate it. So, please tell an enemy, coworker, friend, tell somebody about the podcast. If you're new, welcome. Um, yeah, this is my podcast. It's about 20 minutes. I'll talk about different things. Uh, I pissed off quite a few people on my podcast. So if you're a sensitive, uh, a white, fragile dude, turn the shit off right now. Because <laughs> I talk a lot about that type of shit. Um, yeah, man, I just try to be honest on my podcast. But I also try to do other shit, too. But I'll jump in, man. As usual, I'll start with my milestone. For those who don't know, uh, we have a nine-year-old, eight-year-old son. Sorry, I keep saying nine. Um, it, it's coming up in September, and it's already like, man, this dude's almost double digits. But he's eight, and I like to talk about the different things that he's going through. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, sometimes it's it's nothing. But um, uh, he was at my parents' house, his grandparents, for the last uh, three and a half weeks or so. And he's back home. He's settling in. He's settling in fine. Uh, he's a little bit taller, a little bit tan. Uh, and uh, I'm glad to have him back. So I'm, I'm back at it, everybody. OK, I'm cutting up apples. Um, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly making food to eat. I'm, I'm, I'm back in dad mode. You know, I got to admit, it would have been nice to have a couple more weeks. But, you know, hey, he was ready to come home. But I get it. He's been home with us for the last uh, almost a year and a half, and it, it can be a lot when you when you go from having a uh, a big a big house and it's three people to get another big house, but there's like uh, a a bunch of people around. He gets overwhelmed pretty easily. Um, but I think I think next summer he'll he'll be better. But he had a good time. Uh, he had he had fun. Um, but he's back, everybody. <laughs> I make it seem like it's a bad thing. It's not. I did want a couple more weeks, man. We still we didn't get to do all the nasty shit we wanted to do, man. We wanted to be nastier for longer. But hey, my man wanted to come home. So here he is. And uh yeah, he's 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 back into the full swing of things. You know, the first night he was a little skittish to sleep in his room. Uh he tried it and he climbed in that room of of course. And I was like, This is the only night you're doing this. And he's been in his own room ever since. So um, yeah, he's back. He's back, people. <laughs> I got to stop. I got to stop. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's back. I love him. Um, that's, that's been, I've been traveling a lot lately. I've been traveling a lot, a lot. Last Saturday, I, I went to, um, Baltimore, did an outdoor show, underneath the freeway <laughs> my career is going great but uh there was a brewery there called checker spot brewery brewery they had their three-year anniversary uh they had like a little festival music festival and they had a food truck and a bunch of people that were out there in the parking lot drinking beers and listening to music uh eating and just just having a good time man just you know a, a nice gathering it, it had definitely had a pre-covid vibe no one was really wearing masks and stuff most people seem to be va va vaccinated but um, I had a pleasant surprise uh, doing my trip in Baltimore. So I'm, I'm standing around 
my wife is there. I'm talking to my buddy Umar Khan and his fiance Karen. And uh, someone taps me on my shoulder. And it's an old Air Force buddy of mine, good old Charlie Stapleton. You know, he was, he did live here in Charlottesville for a while. He worked in the, in the building across from mine. And I haven't seen him uh, in a while. And uh, to his immediate right or left, because I don't remember, I look over, I see a familiar face I haven't seen in five or six years. Uh, a good friend of mine, we used to hang out quite a bit in Dayton, my buddy John Leanhardt. And uh, it was great to see both of those guys. I hadn't seen old Johnny Leanhardt in a while. We used to go to lunch uh, often. Uh, he's, You know what? My buddy John, he's one of those guys. He's just, he's so funny. He's uh, just the way he tells a story. That guy is a natural comic, but I could never get him to try it. He goes, no way, man. I don't want to be in the spotlight. But just the way he can tell a story, uh, the little things that he finds funny, he definitely has the mind of a comic, but he just it's just something that he's not really um, interested in doing. But uh, I, that's somebody I would love to write with. And <laughs> he's, he's such a lazy piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> I love that dude, man. But he's so funny. And uh, I used to yell at him because he had a Miata. He thought that shit was so cool cool and uh charlie had one and there was another guy in our office that had one and when we would all go to lunch they would want a convoy and all these tiny ass miatas uh drop the tops and i hated it man they thought it was so cool and i hated those cars but it was just so funny and uh, they would just do it to make me mad you know i think one dude would actually wear driving gloves while he drove his miata around i hated it but it was it was such a great time seeing those guys i had such a great time um, it's just whenever you run into your military buddies, you really just pick up where you left off. You know, we just were telling old stories, uh, telling each other stories we hadn't heard about other people we work with, who made rank, who got, you know, who got kicked out. Just it's just it was a it was a fresher breath of air, man. I I really enjoy seeing those dudes, and it's just it's so much fun. It, it takes me back. Um, and uh, it makes me realize I, I miss a lot of the people that I work with. You know, I, I did struggle uh, quite often towards the end of my career with being in. I wanted to move on. But I, I will say it was the people that really made it for me. And I, I always tell myself that, you know, I, I don't I knew at my retirement I, I would never. Uh, I would never miss the work. <laughs> But I would miss the people. The people are what made that experience for me. Uh, I have so much fun with a lot of those guys. Just so many fun memories, the arguments, the fights, uh, just just so much. Uh, it, it just uh, it took me back. And and uh, man, it, it was some tough times, but it was definitely a lot of a lot of fun moments uh, back at uh, F Troop in Dayton, Ohio. So it, it was great seeing those guys. The show went well. It started raining through the show, so people had to like pick up their chairs and stuff and, and make it underneath the overhang of the freeway. Uh, there was a train that went by behind us. And apparently I want to say towards the end of the show, there were a bunch of cop cars that were flying by. And uh turns out there was like a triple shooting, not too far from where we were doing the show. So classic Baltimore, but uh, we had a good time. Uh, we ended up staying the night at, at a rat roof Inn plus, the pluses for roaches, people. 
I don't care how much you dress up a red roof in. That shit is still going to suck. Okay. I get there. Um, you can't even get into the lobby because that, it's just unfortunate that Baltimore is one of those places like that where like they have almost like a, a, a transaction drawer. Like if you try to check in late at night, you got to stand at a door with the little, with the little mouthpiece and you got to put your ID underneath the little glass thing. So yeah, when I, when I saw that, I was like, Oh, this is probably not the best hotel, but what, what can I expect for $79 uh, the day of? So we stay there. We get up the next morning. We drive all the way to Rochester. It's Sunday. It's it's Father's Day. Um, uh, we finally get up there, see the family. We have uh, we have a nice little Rochester style <laughs> Father's Day dinner. Everything is sold out. Everything is packed. So we ended up just going to this place, Bill Gray's. I get myself one of their garbage plates. I love a garbage plate. So for Father's Day, I got a garbage plate. And if you don't know what a garbage plate is, it's a Rochester staple. Uh, Nick Tahoe's is the original, and there's many options for the garbage plate. But the base of it is typically like either home fries and mac, mac salad or beans and mac salad. Or if you want if you want beans and um, home fries or french fries, you can do that. So the base is either mac salad, french fries, home fries, beans. Then you can get uh, burger patties put on top. Either regular burgers, cheeseburgers, or you can also do hot dogs, or what we call them in Rochester is hots. You can get, either get red hots or white hots, and they split those for you. They uh, put them on the uh, flat top. They brown them up. They put those on top, and then you can add uh, – it's like a weird hot sauce slash beanless kind of chili that you can get put on. It's not really chili. It's like a, it's like a meaty hot sauce. So just imagine kind of like fine, finely ground, ground beef and kind of hot sauce. But it, you could, you could put it on the chili dub, but it's not chili. It's like a hot, it's like a hot sauce. It's kind of hard to explain. And then you can get mustard, ketchup on top. You can get diced onions. Uh, they're fantastic people. So that's what I got. I got two steak burgers with cheese. I got the mac salad and um, and the home fries. So good. Um, I know you're thinking like, oh, that's gross. It's so good. When you think about it, it's really no different than when you go to a barbecue. It's just boneless burgers or boneless hot dogs with either french fries, home fries, mac salad, or beans. So just imagine going to a barbecue, you got your beans, you got mac salad, you got a hamburger and a hot dog. They just took the buns off. Bam, put every just pile everything on top of each other. There you go. A little bit of hot there, yeah, a little bit of hot sauce, ketchup, mustard, some onions. I love it, man. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, we're up there for the day. Uh, and we we have a good time, man. It, it was great. I see my, my my folks I haven't seen my dad on Father's Day in, in quite some time. Um so it was a pretty quiet night. My sisters come over for a while. We we hang out. We talk, uh, hang out on the porch. We laugh, all that kind of stuff. We get up the next morning and we, and we drive home, and he's happy to be here, and I'm just happy to be off the road for a while. That's a lot of driving. But Wednesday, I have a gig in Royersford, PA. Um, Soul Joes. I'm pretty sure if you guys like comedy, if you find me through Mark Norman and you listen to my podcast, you've probably heard about Soul Joes. Um, this is an awesome place. 
it's it's in a small town, Royalsford. Uh, it's next to a railroad track for some reason. This guy, he found a way to succeed through this pandemic. Everything was closed. He he started off with just a little outdoor venue. Eventually, he he purchased this huge. It's almost like a hangar. It's like a a dome hangar. They put. He said he put a hundred tons of sand in there. And you bring your own chairs. They got a stage built. There's like a little back back room that uh, it, it it doubles as a green room, but it's basically just a tent. They'll order whatever food you want. People can bring their own booze. They can bring their own food. There were people literally set up there with a table. They had salmon. They had green beans. They had two bottles of wine. I mean, so people are really just, they're just owning it, man. They're, they're, they're just like, hey, you know what? We're going to go here and have a good time, and we're going to bring the food, the booze we like, and just enjoy ourselves. And it's a fantastic venue. It's, it's run so well. Um, they're so nice. They're so accommodating. I had so much fun, man. Uh, of course, Classic Norman, he shows up a little late, so I end up going on for a little bit longer. I, I love it. I love it. Norman. Norman loves to push it. He loves to push the time. He, lo he he loves being in New York. He wants to leave the last possible minute. Uh, showed up a little late. That's that's not a big deal. That's that's what big stars do. But uh, there were comics there to cover. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, the only reason why I bring it up because I was so afraid of of not making it on time. Uh, I get in my car. The GPS says it's, I'll get there about six fifteen, and the show's at seven. And I go. 45 minutes, I got to drive around D.C. and Baltimore. Hopefully, that's enough time to play with. But the moment I get on 81, there's a some type of accident, and the GPS goes from 615 to like 627 to 35 to 47 to 651. And I'm about two hours into this four-and-a-half-hour drive, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. You know, I still have two hours to go, and they're saying I'm going to make it with nine minutes to spare. And it's just, it's just... 52, 53, it just up and down, up and down. But eventually, I, I hit some clear road, uh, get on the turnpike in Pennsylvania, and I make it at 632. So I get there nice and early, um, uh, and uh, it was a great night. Uh, long drive on the way back, so I didn't want to push it. I decided to stop at my buddy Alex Castain's house. Uh, he lives in D.C., a beautiful part of D.C. I mentioned it before. That, that guy, that kid, he's doing it right. A north, a nice part in the northwest part of D.C., nice neighborhood, nice houses. I, I mean, I love that area that he lives in. Uh, I pull into his place around 1230. He's a young dude. He lives with two other young dudes. They're still up. Uh, we stay up. We watch some We watch some, some, some uh, Sopranos. We order a pizza. And uh, we just hang out till about two, three o'clock in the morning. We finally fall asleep. Uh, wake up the next morning. You know, we're just kind of hanging out. We run and get a sandwich from a corner store. We sit in the backyard. I mean, the weather is beautiful. The wind is blowing. There's people out running. There's people walking their kids, walking their dogs. There's families out. I, I love D.C. I absolutely love D.C. It's, it's one of my favorite places. I would love to live in that city. But uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a great night. I got to see Norman and Anthony DeVito and uh, Louis Katz, and then I leave there and I get to hang out with a few of my comic buddies from DC. And it, we talked comedy, we laughed about Sopranos, we talked about different stuff, and uh, it was it was a good night. So uh, I get up the next morning, which was yesterday. I come home and 
I'm right back at it, man. I, uh, I'm still recording my other show. Do you believe uh, where I talk to people about their religious journey, their your trauma, if they have any, and their, their journey in and out of faith. I get home with enough time to cook dinner for the family, run upstairs and do these two interviews. So I'm still ripping and running. Um, and I'm, I'm just glad to have that, that big chunk of travel over, man. It was looming over my head for a while. I was like, man, this is going to be a lot. I've been very tired, sleeping three, four hours a night. I'm not a spring chicken, but hey, I want to make it in this goddamn business. So I got to do what I got to do. You know, I got to take care of my family and I got to go out and make this money. I got to go out and be seen. And the set at Soul Joe's went well. Let me back up. Uh, he said he would give me some dates. So shout out to Norman for putting me on. Uh, this is how it works, folks. You, you, uh, you have a buddy, a buddy vouch for you. You get on the show, you do well, and hopefully they like you enough that they they want to book you for some other shows. That's that's how it works. So shout out to Mark uh, for for putting me on, and, and luckily I had a great set. It it, it all worked out, and uh, hopefully I'll get some dates at Soul Joe's. Um, since I've been doing a lot of driving, I've been doing a, a lot of uh, listening to music, newer music, and. Um, I got to say, I'm really feeling this new Migos album, this uh, Culture 3. It is from top to bottom. It is a fantastic album. I love Migos. There's so many different, like, moods on that on that album, man. They have, like, more aggressive stuff. They got the laid-back stuff. They got the uh, the club bangers. They, they have it all. It's like, I don't even need to go to any other album. If I want to feel hype, I can go to this track. If I want some more mellow, you know, like, hey, I listen to this. I want some uh, something that'll make me that this that'll get me hyped. That'll make me want to hey, like uh, I just want to go out and just I don't know. I, I feel invincible. They got that too. That the, the music that makes you feel tough. You know, like I got this. They they got it all, man. I I, I love the album. I love Migos. Uh, if you're into hip hop or rap, I highly suggest checking it out. Um, Polo G is on the album as well. I, he has a new one out. Uh, I'm new to him, and I gotta say he's growing on me. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm hip to the to these to these new cats, if you will. <laughs> I'm hip to them. I like it, man. I used to be a I used to be a hater, but uh, yeah, if, if you like if you like hip hop rap, I would, I would say check out Hall of Fame, uh, the album by Polo G and uh, Migos uh, Culture Three album. I find it very very good. I would say this is probably my my second um, out of, out of the culture series I, I think it's my second favorite i need to go back and listen to culture because it might be my favorite but i, I need to go back because there's definitely some some classics on on culture but i i, I might have to go back to listen to that just to see because uh, culture three might be my favorite uh miko's album and plus they have other shit before that that i like too but as far as their, their latest stuff um i think culture three might be my favorite album it's just uh they 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 didn't miss on this album. They did not miss at all. They got it's dope. But um, I've been watching uh the NBA, and uh, man, the drama in the NBA it's almost getting to like housewives level. Cause uh, Scottie Pippen tweeted some shit out about KD saying like uh, even though KD's a great player, when you when you're carrying a team, there's certain things that you need to learn how to do if you're gonna carry a team, and unfortunately. KD did not do that, and LeBron James would have done a better job at getting other people involved to take certain shots and all that kind of stuff. And that's why uh, Brooklyn didn't make it over the hump. <laughs> um, 
classic KD. We all know he's a very, you know what? I was I was gonna say sensitive, but he, I, damn it, you know what? He fires back. It's very easy to call somebody sensitive when you're being criticized publicly, and thousands upon thousands of people are seeing it and replying to it. Uh, so it, it's very easy to call somebody sensitive when you're being bombarded with negative comments. But he fired back. He was just like, isn't this the same uh, Scotty Pippen that refused to go in in a, in a game? You know, in a, in a critical situation because the play wasn't drawn up for him. While it kind of has nothing to do with the situation, KD makes a great point. I mean, when, when all this kind of stuff comes out about these things that the players have done in the past, when you want to criticize these younger players, they're going to bring up shit that you did. I mean, whether it's valid or not, or it doesn't really pertain to the situation, it's kind of like, you know, hey, he has a point. Who are you to really judge when you refuse to go in a game because you were upset? And you're basically saying that uh, this guy failed because he um, wasn't getting other people involved. It's just like you didn't even want to be involved with your own team because you were in your feelings. and. Bam, so it's like, eh. while the criticism may be valid, he also makes a valid point. Um, also, man, dude, Trey Young is torching everybody. It is crazy. I didn't think this deal was going to be that good. Uh, I did the same thing with Steph Curry, but those guys, they make it seem like they're playing a video game. It's just the way they want to run around. And I, I think part of that, too, is going into a system where you, you get the green light right away. Because we we've seen it so much in in in, um, I can't really say football because the the impact is a, is a little different, and I don't know as much about football as I did or do about ba- basketball, um, and I, I just don't think um, I don't really see a NBA rookie impacting i mean nfl rookie impacting the team to the to a point where like they're now going to the super bowl i just think the learning curve in, in football especially uh at that those key positions are uh, is so much higher and I, I could be wrong but you know uh you don't you don't really see a lot of rookie qbs making it to the uh to the um to the uh super bowl one they go to chitty teams and but uh oh i'm sorry i say um but when you go into a system where, like, uh, you get the green light right away, you I've seen a lot of great offensive players in college that get to the NBA, and all of a sudden it's just like, why does this guy act like he can't score anymore? Like he's missing layups. I mean, in college, he would hit these shots. And I think a lot of it is some of these guys, they go, into, um, they go into situations where they're not the number one option. They have to play into a system. You know, they they got a good they got a good thing going at, in, 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 at that franchise, and they want to fit in. So people are hesitant. They're afraid of making mistakes. They don't want to get pulled out. They start second guessing themselves, you know, stuff that was shots that they would normally take without hesitation at at any other level. That confidence is gone because now it's just like, oh, my God, I'm in the pros. You know, this guy's on my team. I've been watching him play for the last eight years. You know, I look up to him. I don't want to fuck up. I think that hinders a lot of players. Um, careers man just being afraid of making mistakes but i think when you go into an environment where they go hey of course we want to win but we know right now we're not in a position to make the playoff one either make the playoffs or we're not going to the finals or something like that they kind of let them go hey man learn trial and error and i think a lot of players 
well, some players, sorry, players like Trey Young, they really benefit from that, where, where the stakes are kind of low in the beginning. And whatever happens is a plus. I mean, I think John Morant is kind of in the same place where, like, not much is really expected from that franchise. And it's like, hey, go out there, learn how to be a pro, and have fun. And they don't they don't have these uh, these uh, hindrances that other players have when they go to uh, better better teams where they are not the number one option and they have to fit into a system. But uh, man, he is just <laughs> he is torching people. It is insane to watch. And uh, yeah, these and these aren't big dudes, man. I, I I I'm used to the LeBrons, the the Kobe's, uh, you know, the Michael Jordans, you know, the six five, six six and above. But don't don't get me wrong, I, you know, Iverson. I, I love seeing the little guys get in there too. Uh, it's funny we call somebody like Iverson a, a, a little guy, somebody that's six two, a little guy. I'm six two. People think I'm in some cases gigantic, but in the NBA, six two is pretty tiny. Um, so like a guy like Dame Lillard, it's just like he's a little guy. It's like, nah, if you saw him at the Y, you would go, Oh shit, this guy's six three and he's dunking on everybody. It makes sense. But in the NBA, man, when you're going in, in the paint amongst those six nine and above trees, man, you look pretty small. Uh, even Dame Lillard, I mean, he makes it look easy. I mean, basically shooting from half court, fucking insane. Insane, man. Um, but it, it's been fun. I, I I'm enjoying watching Phoenix do well. Uh, unfortunately they, they lost last night, but, uh, it's just, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun watching these guys play, man. Uh, I really miss being like really in it. Like I used to be, but it, it's pulling me back in and the ratings are up. So all you fucking people that, that were getting excited because you thought people weren't liking the NBA because, because they were talking about black lives matter and social justice, um, issues. Fuck you. The NBA is doing great. You're just mad that no one cares about you being upset. That's what it is. You you want to see things impacted because of your feelings. So the thing is, no one gives a fuck if you don't watch NBA anymore. Other people are going to watch it. It makes me feel good knowing that people are still watching it and uh, it didn't affect the ratings. So <laughs> I like to say that. Um, I'll talk about this and get out of here. Let's see. I'm I'm taking notes now, people. I gotta I gotta write notes, take notes, I'm trying to be more organized. Um, so Jalen Rose has some choice words to say about uh Kevin Love being on the on the USA team, basically calling it tokenism. Uh almost saying basically saying that they're America, the NBA, whoever's afraid of making an all-black team to represent the US. That's not true. 2016 was an all-black team. Uh he's basically saying that Kevin Love is just a, a, a token player and he white guy and he doesn't deserve it and my buddy and i we talk about this and i don't i don't like making race issues about everything and uh we were speaking past each other because i messed up because i went through the comments <laughs> and the comments were basically like hey the nba doesn't promote anybody unless they deserve unless they deserve it you know kevin love deserves it he might not have the best stats but they see something in them you know um why does why is all of a sudden you know he doesn't deserve to be on the team? Which I find funny because now you have the lone you have the lone white guy who is an outlier, and the same people who if it was reversed, they got the one black guy on the team or he's on the board or he's part of the uh, leadership uh, team at work or you know part of management. 
or she's part of management or management, you go, oh, they have to have a black person. They got to have a woman. They have to have a, 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 a person of color. You know, it's affirmative action. So when Kevin Love makes it, it's because he earned it. But when when a person of color or a woman is is the outlier, it's because of affirmative action. It's funny how that how that changes. And you, and I saw some comics on there too talking about how uh, it's just so much easier being being a black person now. How almost how things are just handed to you. You can just walk in and get things. And as a white person, you're you're a second class citizen, and it's so hard. And it's just like. There's so many, there's too many people that feel this way in this country. And it's sad. And I find it ironic that it's it's really the same people for years that have always told black men, black people, people of color, women to stop complaining. Don't make everything about your color, your race, your gender. Hey, man, you didn't get the job. Sometimes the best person got the job. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Why are you always looking at, you know, race and all this kind of stuff? Now, here they are complaining that they're being uh, discriminated against because they're a white guy, because they're a white person, and they want people to listen to them. While at the same time, they never listen to other people. They just tell people to stop complaining. And I tell my buddy, I'm not extending any olive branches to any white dudes. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Is it unfair? Probably, yeah. But guess what? I'm not going to speak up for anybody, especially in the community that w- is not willing to speak up for me. It's not happening anymore. I, I I don't. Is it fair? Probably not. But do I feel bad? No, I'm not going to have any more empathy for people who cannot show me the same thing. And I know some people are probably rolling their eyes like saying, hey, that's not fair. But I'm I'm sick of being the, the first person to um to do that. Being being the bigger person all the fucking time trying to go, hey, you know what, this isn't right, when I know that same group of people would never do that for me. So I, I'm not going to do it. You know, you, you can you can say, oh, that sounds closed-minded, but don't don't worry about me being closed-minded. You worry about yourself. We, we've done a, a lot of that in the last four or five years. We're so quick to ask other people what they're doing to be open-minded or to hear other people out, or are you uh, checking out other news sources or have you read this as well? Have you thought about that? Ask yourself that shit first. Have you tried other news sources, news outlets? Have you looked at things from the other side? Probably not. You want to put that on us off on everybody else while you yourself, you can think the way that you think. Like I hear people like, oh man, you got to be more even than you got to be more fair than that. You got to be more open-minded. I don't have to do shit. I can have my own opinion. Why is it everybody else, like, why can a white male conservative have his opinion about something, but everybody else needs to be objective and look at things look at things uh, objectively, but you can look at things from your point of view, And but I can't do it for me? Man, fuck you. You're not doing that shit for me. So why should I do that for you? Again, I know that sounds harsh, but I think that's a very fair question. I'm not out here standing for anybody who won't do that shit for me. I'm done with that shit. I've tried. I've tried. I've talked about it in my last podcast. I've tried it. I'm done. The thing is, I don't. I don't care anymore. I'm going to do what's best for me. I'm going to say how I feel, and if you don't like it, that's fine. That's completely fine. Now I, I agree. We can't make everything about race. About we. We can't. Not everything is about race. It, it, it's not. 
Yeah, we we can we can find race racial issues in almost in, anything if if you want to. Now, I I can't I don't know Jalen Rose's um, motivation behind what he said. Uh, if he feels that way, that's how he feels. I, I feel like it might be kind of a a, a silly statement. Um, I, I just don't uh, I don't see the NBA putting a white dude on the team just to put a white dude on the team. Maybe. I mean, Kevin Love is obviously uh, contributing something to the team to that team. Maybe other people didn't want to be on the team. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, we could what if it to the end of time if we wanted to. But uh, yeah, man, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna feel bad for people who don't feel bad for me anymore. I, 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 I'm not. It's not gonna happen. And I, I think that's the irony of this this whole thing that's going on in, in this country. You know, black people have complained since day one. Hey, the stereotyping, this shit ain't cool. You know, uh, being questioned as to the validity of my credentials when I work somewhere, uh, the questioning my where do I belong here? Uh, how did I get here? How did I get this job? Um, are you really fit? Were you an affirmative action hire? All this stuff. Anytime we get something, there's always people want to put an asterisk on it. Why we don't deserve it. But a white dude deserves everything he gets because he worked hard. But everybody else is somehow handed some shit. And I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's fair. Um, and again, white guys, you don't want to be called bigoted or seen as a racist just because you walked in the room and you're a straight white guy. Nobody wants to be seen as some affirmative action hire that doesn't des deserve the position that they're in because they're they're black or a person of color or a woman. That's not cool. So don't tell me that I need to be fair and objective when when you when you're not. I have my opinion, you have yours. Is it biased? Probably, but everybody's opinion is biased. So, with that being said, there's a show, that's the show. I'm out. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. See you.